0: Super Flex City. Welcome back to Super Flexible Podcast. Here with somebody we all know, Bob. You might be about as popular as Cam Newton and Jonus Smith right now. <laughs> I don't know if I'm that popular, but maybe Cam Newton. I mean, no I've never had a teenager tell me that I'm not
1: going to make it. So.
0: <laughs> I, I still like how the hell did I get with you today on Free Agency Day? How yeah. fun is that? So Bob, everybody's going crazy. You mentioned how busy you are signing up people for the expo. You've got reserved hotel slots. What is what does the next couple months look for Bo- look like for Bob Long as you're setting up the expo? Uh, it's going to be crazy. Um, you know, throw in the fact that oh, I'm going to be putting out my 2021 fantasy
1: football consistency guide, yeah. and yeah. you know all that kind of exciting stuff. So yeah, uh, busy busy guy. I, I always thought I'd life would calm down when I got empty nested. But no, (laughs) I just take on more crap. Uh, So, yeah, so we're very excited. The Fantasy Football Expo uh, just announced it last Monday. Uh, Just blew up Twitter. Um, You know, I told people, I said, it's the perfect storm. Everybody wants out of their house. Everybody wants to meet everybody. Um, People missed out. We didn't do the Expo last year, of course. Uh, it's, you know, it's just perfect timing by the end, you know, by mid August, August 15th with its or 14 to 15, which is the expo weekend. Um, you know, most people should be vaccinated. We hope everything will be all cleared up, um, you know, outside of, you know, an, an alien invasion or something. We assume we're going to get together and do this, but, um, I'm so happy that everybody's excited about this. Um, like I said, Twitter has just been blowing up, uh, registrations have been just burning both for exhibitors and for, um, you know, people buying tickets and packages. Uh, We got some great packages. So if you're out there and you're thinking about it, just remember, you know, the concept here is it's going to be fantasy football's greatest weekend. So, you know, we've got link for uh, discounted hotels of where we're going to hold the expo, uh, tickets, discounted tickets to the Hall of Fame, uh, you know, T-shirt, swag bag full of all kinds of coupons and giveaways worth over a hundred dollars. So it's like $200 value for like 65 bucks. Um, you know, we try to keep the cost very reasonable for this, you know, we're all in this together and we're about four or five booths away from being 50% sold out for that. The VIP group is all sold out. We've got our title sponsor and full-time fantasy, our main stage sponsor and fantasy go. Uh, and, and like you said, we just, It's exciting stuff. Um, One of the cool things we're going to do this time is from 10 to 11 a.m., so beginning of the show, beginning of the event, uh, we're going to do what's called the pregame event. Um, And right now we've got – the idea is to get the biggest names, and I'm talking the biggest. So Andy Behrens, Brad Evans, Mike Clay, Michael Fabiano, Marcus Grant, um, Bob Harris – Whoever we can get now, we don't have commitments from all of them. We're, we're still working with them because, you know, they they have their big jobs and big companies they work for. So, but the idea is for them to kind of be all on stage together, and we'll ask some questions about their favorite picks, their busts, their you know sleepers, um, and then take questions from the audience. So that will kick off the event. If that's not cool enough, I don't know what is. So I'm really excited about those guys helping us out. Um, we're also hoping to get Nathan Zagura, if you remember that name from CBS Sports Fantasy a few years ago. He is now uh, the main guy for the Browns media. He will be there as the MC, so it's going to be a super awesome event. Um, and like I said, so many people, big party Saturday night. Um, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be, be Super Flexpo.
0: <laughs> there you <we> go, Super <laughs> Flexpo. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Um, so as I mentioned, I am here with you on, on free agency day, the first day they can actually legally talk. Um, so we've got Cam yesterday signed to an interesting contract. Janu Smith signs today with the Patriots. So we've got is, I, I wonder like. I should have asked you before the show. Like what's the, where's the consistency on Cam Newton and Jonu Smith? Like how does that fit into this and how do you feel about that? Cuz honestly Bob, like that's a big part of the reason I I want you here is to talk also about the consistency guide and I want to steer yes. people to that as well.
1: Right. Well, funny you ask because I obviously am in the middle of working on this year's book. I have just finished all of the profiles stats wise so I have them all up in front of me on the computer. So let's talk about it. Cam Newton last year, 16th in total points, 47% consistency, ranked him 20th. i to be honest with you. I was kind of surprised they re-signed him to a big contract. I know it's one year, but, you know, my thought is that team is in the, you know, is rebuilding. Do they really think they're going to win this year? I mean, they really think that they're going to turn it around unless they're, going to pull some amazing stuff with other free agents and fill in some more gaps. I'm not sure Cam Newton, Johnu Smith is enough. Uh, Cam was so up and down, you know, I mean, he had some real stinker weeks. Uh, You know, Johnu Smith is a very good tight end. Uh, He wasn't as good as I thought he would be when he had the full season ahead of him, which was last year. Now, granted, he was top 10 in both total points um, and, um, consistency so not bad but the fact is is that you know eighth in consistency doesn't make him the third highest tight end in the league and yet the Patriots did that um so that surprises me I thought that was a little bit of talk about overvalued I, I felt that he was grossly overpaid but then again last year the Browns paid Austin Hooper I think then the third highest contract and he didn't do much better, right? And yeah, he was a decent player. In fact, he did have a decent second half with them um, when they got more into the you know into that flow. But again, was he really worth the third highest tight end? I don't see it. I'm not sure I'm going to see it in Johnny Smith either. You know, um, I don't know. The Patriots have to do something. I get it. They, they last year was a disaster for them, but you know they also had like Julian Edelman and never used him very well. In fact, after six games,
0: he was hurt. I wonder if he hurt himself. I would have thrown myself down
1: the steps at that point. But um, you know, Especially when sure you're watching
0: of- Tom Brady time. over here winning Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, you know, to me, I thought for sure that Edelman would be a perfect compliment
0: for Cam
1: Newton. Mm-hmm. You know, runs great routes, gets open, good third down, only goes two out of six in the first six games, he gets hurt, doesn't play the rest of the year. Um you know, the rest of the offense didn't do much. The running game didn't do much. Their defense was marginable, marginal. I I don't know. I just don't see it. I, I'm not saying Johnny Smith isn't a good player and won't add value because obviously – but, yeah, remember last year, didn't they draft two tight ends in the first, like, yeah. four rounds? Yeah. Didn't use them for crap. So now that – now we think Johnny Smith's the answer? Right. I You know, all of a sudden the Patriots are just like – they're not like they used to be. Used to like everything they did was like magical and it made sense and always worked out. Now it's kind of like you sit there and scratch your head, like, "What are they doing?"
0: Yeah. So they, I don't know. It's it's they just uh, invested more into their tight end than they're willing to at quarterback. Yeah. Right. I mean, they didn't even give Cam Newton as lucrative a deal when you really look at it. I think it's like fourteen million dollar contract with a five million dollar base. Oh, okay. So it's more incentive. Okay. Yeah, nine million of that contract is playoff incentive.
1: Interesting playoff incentive. So they, yeah, yeah. So maybe he makes five million. Now, granted, didn't
0: they only pay him a million dollars? Yep. Like, yeah. Like the signing, yeah, yeah. So they gave him five times more than he got the year before. Yeah. So you have to wonder too if how they feel about Cam going into the season, and if they'll still be looking for a better option going right. into the year. But the well, I heard, heard the rumors country. about Garoppolo going there, which I thought
1: was interesting. Yeah, and going back there.
0: those rumors along with the possibility of them, the 49ers, being interested in um, Teddy Bridgewater, which makes mm-hmm. you think if they're going to let Jimmy G walk. It, so it's just crazy. I, I'm really yeah. curious to see what happens with, with him. And then I'm mean, even on the side of cam like why did cam want to do this instead of exploring other options unless he just doesn't feel like he has a market at this point because he's always saying he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league still and then he just <laughs> signs this one year deal
1: yeah well again last year he thought he was too and nobody signed him to the patriots finally gave him a million dollar deal so i gotta believe that nobody he didn't do anything to change anybody's mind in the off season it'd been one thing if he would have been like brady and led him to a playoffs or really looked valuable to be worth signing for a long-term bigger deal but he didn't i mean i so yeah i i I don't see him lasting too much longer in this league but other than for selling jerseys and you know superman shirts i don't
0: know (laughs) you could make a little bit of money for the right team (laughs) I i don't know if the pats the pats might have already squeezed that out last year Mm-hmm. When when does the consistency guide come out? You've mentioned you're working on that currently. <laughs> right. Um, and...
1: Yeah. So we're hoping that you know we're trying to get it out. We usually try to get it out right after the NFL draft. I usually try to have it 99.9 percent done, and then the draft I might change a few of the rankings and a few of the um, profiles just for the fact that maybe somebody was a wide receiver one, but. You know, the team drafted a you know a number one tight or wide receiver, so maybe he becomes number two. Um, but it's usually not a ton of tweaks, so it's usually early May, May first ish. Um, that's usually the goal to come out with
0: that. Um, so that's 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 what we're shooting for. And um, anything new going into that this year? Or? Well, we're gonna we're gonna highlight a tool that it
1: really I don't use enough during the season, but I'm hoping to this year, and it's called the. What I call the historical consistency information um, in the profiles, you'll see it under each profile where it says consistency versus defenses, and it's the splits between home and away, and then home against a bad defense, which is bottom ten. And and these defenses are the rankings based on the fantasy points allowed by that position, so they're true rankings. It's not like overall, um, you know. So, like for example. Let's talk about, you know, 2020 for Cam Newton, Um, you know, at home and away versus a good defense top 10 or an average defense, he was literally 0 for 8. Wow. And those four combined. At home and away against bad defenses, he was 7 for 7 in consistency. So if he played a bad defense, he did really well. If he played anything less than that, so basically the other 23 teams or 22 teams – he was worthless. Hmm, that's, so, that's interesting. So it's those kind of splits that I want to kind of highlight in the book this year. I've always had it there, but I never put it in a summarized form and really explained it well. So we're going to highlight that one this year for people to use for either DFS, um, you know, or, or, you know, start sick stuff. Um, it's always been something I wanted to spend more time with people and explaining it and using it. We're going to do that this year and try to, highlight and weekly articles and stuff like that as well. So
0: have you ran into anybody else like that that kind of fits that that actually does a little bit better against some of the better defenses and then meant worse against lesser? Usually it's you know, they always do kind of better. What you'll see is the the real
1: superstars, um let me scroll down here to somebody like Aaron Rodgers. Um oops missed him. So Aaron Rodgers – oh, okay, maybe not. Aaron Rodgers is terrible.
0: Uh,
1: <clears throat> trying to find – maybe it was Breeze, but then Breeze isn't in here anymore. Um, oh, here's a good example. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you know, so Patrick Mahomes obviously is really good against everybody. We knew that, that, that. That's not something we're going to learn. Yeah, I've heard of him. Um, be honest with you, like you said, team – anybody against a top-ten defense – they, they honestly will struggle. Um, here's Drew Brees. Now, obviously, I'm going to take him out because he retired. But, you know, at home against a good defense, he averages 35.3 fantasy points a game, and he was 100% consistent. Now, on the road against a good defense, not as good, um, only 14.89 is actually 29%. So, you know, even somebody as good as Brees – you know, struggles on the road against the top 10 v defense, which, you know, you would expect. Um, but the numbers really, you know, would, um, you'll see more tight ends do very well against good defenses because their quarterbacks will rely on them because the defense is good. They have a good pass rush. They don't have enough time to get off passes to the wide receivers. So you'll see tight ends usually have higher consistency. Against that scenario, Lamar Jackson actually eighty percent in both home and away against top ten defense. Um, And uh, his worst is against average defense, where he only does sixty percent. Still does very well in all of the all the realms. But uh, but yeah, quarterbacks you know they pretty much stay true to form. They're going to do well against a bad defense, um, and they're not always going to do very well. Uh, Roethlisberger actually seventy five percent against top ten defenses, both home and away. So he's probably one of the better ones um, and does 75% against bad defenses. So he's he's actually terrible against average defenses, which is surprising. So so that's that's what the historical breakdown kind of thing is. It's always been there, always felt like it was something that was useful, uh, but just never really had the time to dive into it. We're going to try to use it more this year and, and uh, get some reports out of that report that I use that we could use on a weekly basis and kind of highlight, you know, Hey, if you're looking for, you know, a good DFS guy this week, you know, Matt Ryan is playing, you know, on the road against a bad defense and, you know, he's cheaper than most of the top guys and, you know, he's eight for eight
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, in this game scenario. So that's that's kind of the, the idea. Um, but the home away splits are definitely something to look at, um, especially in tight end positions because you can like kind of stream them, maybe get two good tight, two decent tight ends who both do really well at home only and then just kind of mismatch them for the year. So uh, we've done that before. We called it con streaming. So, so consistency streaming
0: so yeah i i love it so for anybody that isn't as familiar with the consistency guide maybe hasn't used it as much in the past i hope you that you're listening and starting to hear just a few of the things that are offered about player for player and and that's just it like you can focus in on one player and how consistent they were and bob mentioned not only home not not only how consistent they were but how consistent they are against good and bad defenses, home and away. What other tools are in there that have helped you build your fantasy teams so that uh, so many people, even in Dynasty, don't use tools like this enough because they want to see value? <laughs> don't get me yeah. down that complete value road. But in building teams in other ways and watching this consistency, what other tools are there that you think could help utilize the consistency guide.
1: Another thing in the consistency guide that I, I think is very useful, and I really try to highlight when I'm typing in that, that profile description for the player, is really focus on their trends um, during the season. Because you can look at somebody and they might be 8 out of 16, so they're 50% consistent. But it could be the fact that they started off slow and went you know 7 of 8 over their last 8 games. So it's that second-half you know, trend, Um, those are the kind of guys that usually kind of break out the next year, especially tight ends. Um, I can't tell you how many tight ends I've kind of um, called, you know, for breaking out. Uh, George Kittle, uh, Antonio Gates, Jimmy Graham, when they all broke out the year before, they were very consistent in the second half of the year with their quarterback and just moved right into the next year were great values and really worked out well. Um, that's the kind of stuff that we kind of look at in those player profiles as well as, you know, those second half trends or the opposite. They start off hot and then they die off because, you know, maybe a lot of this time. This happens a lot with rookies and and younger players. Um, They get hot for a while and then they kind of cool off because people figure them out. Um, You'll see that occasionally with the younger players. Uh, So again, some of those things will kind of highlight, like, Hey, you know, don't get too excited about those first eight games. The last eight games, they went, you know, two for eight. uh, So we might want to temper our expectations
0: heading into the, you know, this year. So, Do you have a breakout tight end? Do I? (laughs) I
1: haven't got that far yet. Um,
0: (laughs) Oh, Bob, you knew that was coming.
1: Yeah, I knew that was coming. Um, You know what I do? And let me, I was actually looking at this because I was just wrapping up the, uh, well, there's, you know, the two guys that really jumped out um, are two guys at end of the year, really about as close to each other as you can get. Um, let me look at the numbers. So, their total points for the year one guy was 176.9, the other was 176.6. So, they were ranked third and fourth overall. They both had exactly the same consistency at 63%. The two I'm talking about are Robert Tanyan and Logan Thomas. Um, both of them, you know, placed basically in the top 10 in both total points and consistency. And I'm not sure they're getting a ton of love yet. I mean, you know, granted, we haven't been doing a lot of drafting. uh, But, you know, if you don't want to take Travis Kelsey in round one or two, which is where you're going to have to get him, um, you know, or Kittle in three and maybe Waller in four, um, it may be worth grabbing both those guys and kind of playing that, you know, consistency streaming thing and seeing how they both work out. I mean, they both certainly gained respect from their quarterbacks. Rogers certainly was, you know, using Tanyan quite a bit. Uh, and he's not one for, you know, hooking into one one tight end. So he certainly found some value there. You know, Logan Thomas, you know, he was in a quarterback roundtable there, or, or carousel, I should yeah. say. Um, so the fact that he did as well as he did with a bunch of garbage quarterback, if they can get some even – decent consistency from the quarterbacking position, you know, you got to believe Logan Thomas should be able to repeat those numbers. Uh, So both of those guys are kind of breakout guys and both had really nice second half. So definitely those are two that are, uh, you know, definitely on my list. Uh, Darren Waller is my favorite. If I can get him, you know, around five ish, um, you know, not have to pay up for uh, either Kittle or, or, or Kelsey, but, man, it's tough not to take Kelsey in either, you know, round i I've been doing some mock drafts with uh, Murph and the guys from Five Yard Rush over in England, UK. We've been doing uh, a mock draft every month. And the first three months, Kelsey's either went middle of round one. Um, I think the first one I did in February, I got him in maybe the middle of round two because I'm drafting, like, fifth or sixth overall. Um, but since then, he's been going around one. I think I got him, the, like, second pick the second round middle of the draft I think after I took maybe Kamara it's, Kamara at six came back with Kelsey Kelsey hasn't made it back to the second round Yes, <laughs> now he's going end of round one middle of round one you know and I, I have a feeling that's where it's going to end up I mean people just realize that I mean he is just you know man among boy a hulk yeah. among, it's not even a man anymore it's a hulk I mean three straight years of over 90% consistency last person to do that was Zeke at the running wow. back position so, yeah, that's pretty pretty impressive. And to,
0: Zeke will probably bounce back this year.
1: I think so. Yeah, I, I've actually – so in these drafts we've been doing, uh, Zeke has been actually falling into the later first round uh, because of, you know, that disaster at the end of last year. Um, you know, that's – I mean, if I'm drafting 8th or ninth and Zeke falls to me, I'm certainly not going to say no. Um, so, yeah, so it's uh, – we'll see – See if that continues through the season, um, but yeah, a lot of people like myself got burnt really bad by seats. So it's it is it is tough to look at that. And go okay, he won't do this again, right? Right, this, right. right, right? Wonder,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, so you you uh, once you lose that trust, it's hard to gain back, <laughs> to say the exactly. least. So with doing the consistency guide, two part question mm-hmm. here, I guess. Have there has there ever been a player that you started to like more because you started to dig into the consistency guide and see how consistent they actually were? And has there been a player that you started to like less because you were digging into the consistency guide and you're like, wow, it's it's not what I thought it was? Um, the guy that I've liked less, um, and actually
1: I've never really liked him, um, <laughs> is, and, and we, we, we jokingly call him the Fancy Locust, a guy named Tommy Mo out there in the Twitter world named him um, and it was just a perfect thing because basically you draft him and he eats your team alive. Uh, every year he was being drafted in the top 10, top 12 at wide receivers. And I'm in the guide every year is just telling people, guys, look, his best season ever in consistency was 63%. I mean, that was like 25th. I mean, or 20th. Uh, is this player Why would still playing? He guy? In the league? Um, and, you know, now last year he did actually break 70% for the first time. Um, but it was kind of a messy year, you know. Um, yeah, with, with Dak we going down and Dalton quarterbacking, and they had to throw, you know, what, eighty uh, times a game. And Amari Cooper so you know, it's kind of like goal. so. And here's the thing, you know, people are going to put him back up there again, and I'm just not sold on that. So he's kind of been my poster boy for inconsistency, uh, my guy for and consistency. That's Cooper. Yeah, Cooper, Mari Mar- Cooper, um, the guy who I loved and always promoted every year. Um, now, this year, this past year, he was down a little bit, uh, but was always Jarvis Landry. Uh, nobody really seemed to give this guy any love, whether he was in Miami or Cleveland. And yet, every year, he was always 70 to 75%. You never had to worry about him. Um, now, last year, I think he was down. I'm scrolling to find him. He So, he hit only 60% last year, but that was the first time in four years that he was below 75%. So, you know, granted, and again, this was also that first half, second half thing. Second half of the year, he went five of six in the last six games because why? They got rid of Beckham. Well, they didn't get rid of him. He got rid of himself. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping he doesn't come back. But uh-huh. once he was gone, Landry could be the focus player again and be consistent again. And obviously the Browns made the playoffs and we're a better team without Beckham. So that's what I'm hoping they don't take him back. Um, but, um, I think if Beckham is not there, I think Landry will get back to that 75% consistent. He's going to be probably well undervalued. Um, so I'll probably have him on, you know, wide receiver three or four on most of my teams.
0: He, he kind of always has been undervalued, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah he always has Just been. Yeah. one of those so, players. I like the Landry one. Yeah. So Amari Cooper though, do you think that inconsistency has anything to do with like the wins and losses or... Is it just Amari Cooper?
1: I think it was just the way – I don't know if it was the way the offense was ran. I don't know if it was just Amari Cooper not getting open as much. Um, you know, he had the same problem when he was with the Raiders. Um, you know, he didn't seem to do very well, um, and he didn't seem to throw in the ball a lot. I don't know if he wasn't getting open or wasn't what the, the, the actual issue was. And then a, you know, he goes off to to Dallas, um, hasn't done much of better there with Dak. Like I said, now he did have a good year this past year. But a lot of it had to do with the defense being so bad they were throwing so often that, you know, it was all about targets and opportunities. Now, is the defense going to improve in Dallas? We would think so. We assume Zeke comes back, Dak's back. Um, they go back to running Zeke more. They're not throwing the ball as much. That hurts your consistency. So, you know, um, and, you know, a healthy lamb, healthy Gallup, and Cooper on the same field, I don't know how in the world he would get back to 70%. That's my thought. Yeah. So we'll
0: it's it's tough to imagine honestly like especially on a weekly basis because then he gives you those high ceiling weeks that mm-hmm. you, once you average it out it doesn't look too bad but those high ceilings with the low floors are sometimes tough i've got a couple amari cooper shares i feel like i need to try to move before this show releases <laughs> bob and i told you <laughs> it's going to be a quick release <laughs> <laughs> well make your trades first then release it tomorrow or something <laughs> something right <laughs> Send a couple out and as I'm editing, right? Um, anything else you're watching for in free agency over the next couple of days or rumors you're hearing out there? Um, you know, I, I think there's
1: some big names that we're, we're kind of wondering where they're going to go. I know we, I was on a couple of shows early last week, um, when the expo came out, and I think it was, um, you know, Shane Manila and those guys, um, and we were talking about, you know, where was Aaron Jones going to go that was going to be make him the most valuable. And I said, anywhere he goes, he's the most valuable. Um, I said, I'm still stunned that green Bay didn't tag him. Well, obviously the reason why they didn't tag him is they wanted to sign him to a long-term deal, which I think was a very good move on their behalf. And I even said that in the show, I said, I think the smartest thing is that they need to sign him. I I said, I didn't, you know, and uh, I said, I don't think they're going to let him walk because why? I mean, I don't think AJ Dillon's really that good, but you know, of course, this was dynasty people, so they, you know, they all had to, you know, they're chub, chubby for uh, Dylan, and oh, Dylan's the best, and he's going to be just as good as Jaron Jones, and then two days later, they signed him to a long-term
0: deal, so that's that day. That um, echo chamber was maybe a little bit ridiculous.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, um, you know, so there's that, you know, where's Hunter Henry going to go? I mean, if he goes to Indianapolis, that might be a really nice fit for him with Carson Wentz. Um you know, that that could certainly build his value a little bit. Um, you know, Zach Ertz could go somewhere, maybe get him back in the swing of being consistent again because he wasn't in Philadelphia. Um, you know, other than that, I don't know if there's really that many big, well, we got Kenny Galladay, Godwin got re-signed. So Galladay has the potential to go somewhere. You know, that'll base, be based on, I think, where he ends up. I mean, he's a good player, but if he goes to Miami and it's still too... Uh, you know? Yeah. But we'll see, you know, I mean, uh, I, I always kind of just let, let the dust, you know, kind of settle because after that, then you're like, okay, now this guy's going to be great because he's in this great situation. And then they go off and draft like a number one wide receiver. Right. You know, you, exactly. You, know, anyway, you just yeah. signed Kenny Galladay and you still draft a wide receiver in the first round. So what are you doing? Um, so, you know, I kind of just kind of let wait for the dust to settle and, you know, write write the numbers and write the, the whole consistency guide based on where things are at and just kind of adjust it throughout the summer. And, you know, that's, that's kind of how it always has worked I, out well.
0: I heard um, maybe Jacoby Brissett to the Eagles, which I think if those kind of things happen, you can start to feel more secure about the. Jalen Hurts, because that probably yeah. means now they're probably not drafting a quarterback. I think for yeah. the most part, people are probably starting to feel a little bit better about Hurts already. But I think if yeah. Brissett were to go there, I think that that dust can kind of start to settle a little bit on that situation. That's mm-hmm. one thing I've been looking for. I don't. I I hope that people aren't gonna take it the other way and think that Brissett's gonna start. I think that that would more mean that they feel good about Jalen Hurts than anything, and they found his mm-hmm. backup. Um, that's one that I heard, and then Allen Robinson is talking about holding out. I'm curious how that shakes out. Right.
1: Yeah, that was a thing. I think we all thought for sure he was gone because he's pretty much blatantly said in public that he wants out, Um, but they're not letting him go, so we'll see what that happens. I think another one that will be interesting is whether or not either um, Fournette walks out of Tampa, if they let him walk and get signed by a team, I think that's a guy that if he gets signed and gets basically back into the flow like he was for the jaguars where he's getting 20 20 touches a game can be a very very valuable fantasy asset and might be going at a very good value in the drafts um because kind of people are like oh well you know he did okay for the bucks but you know he's still a very good player and you know um he's a little always a little injury prone but but then again, I don't know, the Bucs will let him walk because they saw that that combination of, you know, Rojo and him certainly uh, kept teams at bay because they couldn't, you know, once Fournette would run for a couple of series, then they bring Jones in or even during the series. And those both of those guys are run very hard with a with fresh legs and. It obviously worked out very well for the yeah. Super
0: Bowl. And, and it's not the deepest running back class at all. So right. for teams like Seattle to be interested in somebody like Leonard Fournette, I wouldn't mind that at all. I think there's – Oh, that would be a perfect place for him. Yeah. he basically be Marshall Lynch too. Yep. Yeah. And I think he's so, only 25, 26. That's what some right. people forget too with some of these running backs. will will go crazy about – Austin Eckler who will be 26 before the season starts, but then will hate Leonard Fournette because he's the same age as Austin Eckler.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: So yeah, I, I like the Fournette one. What is, uh, can I ask you, what is the consistency rating on Austin Eckler? So he's always been last few years. He's been very good. Um, let me pull him up real quick. Uh, Getting you guys some cheat codes out here. You better holler at Bob when this comes out. You can probably get a hold yeah. of him before it comes out, to be honest with you. Yeah, I was say, anybody ever wants to, hey, I'm thinking about doing a dynasty trade. I wanted to check on the consistency. So
1: Eckler, last year, even in, you know, he missed some games because of injury, uh, he went 8 of 10. So he was 80% consistent. So that ranked him 8th uh, in consistency. Now, granted, he was 26 because he missed six games. Um, But the year before, if you remember, that was when Melvin Gordon missed a lot of time for four games, Mm -hmm. but then came back and played and Eckler still finished the year fourth in consistency. I'm sorry, fourth in total points, fifth in consistency, at 88 percent. So that's back to back years at 80 percent consistency um, where he's sharing time or got injured. Um, and, you know, like I said, he he gets to be healthy again. And, another, you know, now Justin Herbert's a year older, got more, you know, um, maturity under his belt. Um, you know, they're going to lose Hunter Henry. So there's a there's there's kind of their middle, you know, kind of yeah. short passing game. So if Eckler now gets more passes out of the backfield because there's no Hunter Henry and they've got whoever. I don't even know who their backup is, um, you know, then I think Eckler's. I mean, I can't wait to draft Eckler as my RB, 2 I'm hoping that's where he falls, but just kind of have to wait and see, you know, because a lot of people just kind of don't look at him as that workhorse back. Um, but, you know, and I think they'll use, um, God, who's, who's,
0: there, who's the guy that they were sharing with? Kelly or yeah, uh, Josh Kelly. Justin Jackson.
1: Right, those two guys. So I still think they'll intertwine those two guys to keep, again, Austin Eckler fresh. Um, so you might see a first down or two, you know, first or second down, those guys running, Eckler comes in on third down, but there may be a whole series, especially if the Chargers are playing from behind where Eckler will play a whole series, and you know, he's gonna get his fantasy points in receptions and yard or receptions. Yeah. So PPR is gonna be certainly he's gonna be much more valuable in PPR than a non PPR, but um, you know, he still just can make things happen. He can take the ball to the house from anywhere. Uh, You know, he's still very quick, very talented. Um, I really like him. I hope he stays grossly undervalued, so I'll have him and Fournette.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's a tough one for me because I I personally do like those running backs that touch the ball more and they get a little bit more on the ground. Mm -hmm. Then you have Austin Eckler, who I know – I, I know just from like having some of these, cause I know he gets it in the PPR. I, I know that that's why he's so consistent and that I sound even crazy. And, and I'm definitely not debating his consistency or what he can do for you. But, and there's obviously a reason that he, we're having this positive conversation about Eckler and we're not having it about Leonard Fournette. <laughs> but for me, I mean, yeah. when I look at it I, over four years, he doesn't even have 2000 yards on the ground. And then he has one season where he had like fifteen hundred all-purpose yards, I think. And mm-hmm. after that, he doesn't even ha- the other three he doesn't have over one thousand all-purpose yards. Hmm. Interesting. And and I know that that doesn't take into account all of the receptions and the PPR points that we're we're getting over this time. But for me, I just I've created oh, concerns think, for myself.
1: Yeah, I think early on, you know, before twenty nineteen. When Gordon was the main back there, mm-hmm. Eckler was pure third down only. Yep. I mean, I, and, and even that was rare because they still use Gordon out of the backfield somewhat. So, like in 2018, he was 25th in total points, 57% consistency, uh, 20th overall. So, you know, that's what you got out of him prior to 2019. He was a good flex player. You know, for a PPR flex, that was a good guy to have because he was getting almost RB two numbers, but you didn't have to draft him as an RB two. Um, but now he is more of a focus player. They know he's not a three down guy, and he's just not built for it. Um, he's well built. He's very very physical, but he's not a Melvin Gordon bruiser kind of. Right. You know, so they need him to. They need him in space, basically yep. where he does. So, you know, like I said, if they continue that with Justin Herbert and with Hunter Henry going away, I think Eckler fills in that, you know, short passing game, Um, you know, maybe they have the new tight end be more of a blocking back, you know, or that kind of stuff, or just go out there and just take a linebacker with him, whatever. But,
0: um, you know, Eckler, I think, will continue to be very consistent. Like I said, I'm, I'm hoping I get him at a good value. Yeah, you are making me kind of want to go out and get a little bit of Austin Eckler. Trade Amari Cooper for Eckler, <laughs> you could probably do that. You might, I think, you might be able to get plus on that Eckler side. Okay, like Not do you think idea. I could get Eckler and Denzel Mims? I mean, I like, don't know. Two, I mean, Mims
1: didn't do a lot,
0: but I mean, I know in Dynasty
1: certainly that as a young guy for the future kind of scenario, but you know. I can't tell you that because I don't know dynasty value. I'm never very good at that. People, I'm in a dynasty league with some guys and they send me these offers. and I think it's the dumbest thing ever. And then people be like, why didn't you take that? This guy, you know, was only in the second year and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but he hasn't done anything yet. So I'm like, but I get it. That's so does
0: your approach to, to dynasty help you and not being such a, a dynasty head and caring about some of those age and, dynasty value and being more concerned about the consistency do you think that that helps you
1: i think well i think
0: you know first off i've been in this league two years and it's the first main dynasty one i've been
1: in um the first year i made the playoffs got knocked out second year um well so it's a two quarterback, so it's a super flex dynasty and i thought i was set going into 2020 because my quarterbacks were josh allen and Carson Wentz and I didn't really have much of a
0: backup yeah, behind him. Yeah.
1: So all of a sudden I had a one quarterback in a two quarterback league. Yeah. So needless to say, I did not make the playoffs. Um, you know, and so, you know, that's, I guess, you know, I just kind of look at Dynasty as a, I want to win this year. I still want to stockpile and I certainly want to keep growing. You know, I'm not going to always go and get, you know, 10 Larry Fitzgeralds on my team. I get that. But, you know, um, you know, somebody offered how I got Josh Allen was somebody offered me a trade, um, cause I had picked one Oh three or something and they offered me Josh Allen for one Oh three. And I'm like, okay, Josh Allen or maybe two. Why would I not want Josh Allen? He's only what, yeah. 25, 24. I mean, this guy's going to be around for five or six years, minimum, maybe 10. You're loving and, that move you know, today. So, you know, now it looks like I was brilliant, but at the time I just kept thinking, why would I not, you know, um, you know, and I've got people now that are offering me. Somebody offered me Michael Thomas for a one hundred and one. Well, you know, or not one hundred and one. I think it's early. And I'm like, well, yeah, but Drew Brees is going to go away. Is Michael Thomas going to be there?
0: You know, and so, you could use another quarterback with that one hundred and one too. Yeah, right. So, um,
1: so yeah, I've got a high pick. So I, you know, I might go and yeah, draft somebody like you know, whatever, whoever it is probably won't be Trevor Lawrence, but it could be you know, Zach Wilson or something like that. And this is where I'll need you guys. This is where I always go to all my, my fantasy my fantasy friends
0: and go, uh, I got pick number
1: three. Which quarterback should I pick? And so I usually hit John Lobb or I'll hit you up yeah. or somebody. hit me up anytime, yeah, man. Okay, anytime. If I'm not in the
0: league and you don't want to talk to your own mates, hit me up.
1: Yeah, right. So definitely, definitely probably will hit, be hitting everybody up and go, okay, I got pick. Yeah. I don't remember what pick I have. I think it's 103. Let me look. Go ahead. You, you ask questions, I'll look. <laughs> well,
0: well, so I was going to ask you too, in, in kind of conclusion, as we get out of here, we can definitely come back to this because uh, I do want to know, but we talked a lot about like the expo and going into that, what your next few months will look like. What is Bob Lung? What do you look like on that weekend? Well, since the only weekend I did this was
1: 2019, and it was the first year that I did the Expo. It seems,
0: that's so uh, crazy to me, because I know we missed last year, but it just seems so crazy that it's only one yeah. year. It's yeah, so somebody, weird. Yeah,
1: somebody's like, it was two years ago, and I'm like, yeah, it was. You're right. <laughs> so I said to somebody, somebody said something like, I don't know what it was, but... And, uh, it's like, well, you know, what about this? What we did, you know, the last expo, I go, that was so two years ago. I go, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm not doing that or something. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, I think one thing that's going to be very helpful is the fact that, um, the expo and everybody's going to stay in the same hotel. Um, two years ago, we were, you know, there was guys up here and guys down there and guys here and, then the expo was in the cultural center, which was a separate building. So, you know, the the party was at BW3s, which was fun and was good. But, you know, then you have to worry about Ubers and driving and, you know, and so, you know, the fact that the party and, and everything is going to be there uh, certainly makes it easier in my mind for, you know, as we're heading heading into next year so I I think it'll make my life easier I am going to get a hotel room and stay there so I'm going to basically stay at the place so that I'm there can answer questions and you know you know kind of be able to interact with people and that kind of stuff you know my wife knows I wouldn't be around anyway so she goes you might as well just stay in a room there I'm like yeah it's probably a good idea um so you know from that standpoint I think it'll be Hectic, fun. I'll, I'm taking Monday off, so I know damn well that I'll probably be sleeping uh, for a long, long time on the on the next day. But, uh, yeah. It, uh,
0: the staycation layover.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I'm looking at the league. It looks like I was fourth to last, so I'll be 104. And I didn't trade it, so, like I said, I assume I'd be able to get one of those quarterbacks or who knows. I mean, it's a solid roster, um, you know, I, I, some of the guys I drafted originally, I thought I was in great shape. So I have Austin Eckler, I have Melvin Gordon, um, back when I drafted this, I thought I had this super running back scenario because I had, um, so two years ago is when we did the first draft, the initial draft. So 2019. So I had Jordan Howard, Carlos Hyde, Mark Ingram, carry on Johnson, Ronald Jones and Rashad Penny. I thought I had these great dynasty running back. I thought I'm solid. And now it's like, okay, Ingram's now a backup, Hyde's a backup, Jordan's pretty much worthless, Carry on Johnson's now worthless. Ronald Jones isn't bad. Penny, I don't know if he'll ever play again. So <laughs> So you know, like I said, so I've got Josh Allen, Carson Wentz, and Nick Mullins is my quarterback. So I definitely gotta find a new quarterback. Um but at least Wentz will be playing. Hopefully he'll get his act together and in indie. So We'll see. I have, yeah. great, I have Darren Waller, Evan Ingram, Robert Tanyan, um, wide receivers okay, Juju, Manuel Sanders, Jarvis Landry,
0: DJ Chark. So. Juju's another one that needs a landing spot here too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm kind of surprised of how he kind of fell off.
1: I, I mean, he didn't have a terrible, terrible year, but the fact is, is that Pittsburgh has so many good receivers underneath him. It, it doesn't make sense for them to re-sign him. I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's hope he goes to a team that will utilize him. Um, you know, maybe he goes to Arizona, be on the other side of, you know, he did so well underneath Antonio Brown. It would make sense that he goes to Arizona and be underneath DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. And then can flourish in that offense. That would be a great fit because that's what, he, you know, when yeah, he's been like the number that. one guy, he's been okay, but he's not as good as he was when, he was the number two under a superstar like AB.
0: So. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Bob, this has been a ton of fun. Um, tell them where to find you, where to find more information on the expo, where to find more information on the consistency guide, and make sure we get all these guys in the right spots to get what mm-hmm. they need from you. Because I, I, I don't know, you have two of the best things going on right now that you, you can you. in the off season.
1: I appreciate it. So the expo, the the fantasy football on twitter at the ff com or expo because you can't do more than 15 characters which i learned um so that's that those two spots make sure you follow me in those uh also follow me on twitter at bob underscore lung the x or the uh, consistency guy will be out sometime probably early may we'll certainly probably try to get back on the show once we uh, get that released and we'll promote that and um you know, just get out there and get your tickets, uh, tell your friends, do a road trip, make a weekend out of it. Um, go visit the Hall of Fame on Saturday. Uh, we'll be there drafting in the Kings Classic. And uh, in Sunday will be the Expo, the big party Saturday night at the hotel. Um, it's got a huge bar, restaurant, uh, patio. It's really a cool place. Um, so definitely check all that out. And again, Shane, thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure,
0: oh, yeah, yeah, man. And absolutely, man. Welcome, Matt, is always here. Pretty so sure. hit me up anytime, even if you've just got some extra time.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: check out at SuperFlexible on Twitter. I am at Swagzilla0G. This is also on at City. We are out of here. I have to talk to Bob Moore about the expo I'm gonna be filling your DMs after the show Bob
1: (laughs) okay I'm in
0: now I can wait a little bit I'll wait that's fine yeah I was
1: I forget who was Oh, uh, Joe Bond of Fantasy Six Pack last night I think I answered questions from him for like an hour on DMs on Twitter he's like I'm so sorry man and I'm like
0: That's fine. I'm just sitting here watching TV with my wife. She don't care. Yeah, he's excited. And then that's just part of it, too. Like, the networking already starts the minute you reach out to Bob.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um,
1: No, it's fun. You know, there's some new people that have reached out to me I've never heard of. They've got some cool ideas. Um, You know, the one thing we didn't talk about, but I just kind of fill you in. So, you know, we have the main stage, which is going to be we're going to do a bunch of panel discussions and, you know, draft strategies and, you know, for the – the attendees to come in and ask questions and, you know, we're going to do like, um, you know, a dynasty one. And, um, and, uh, so, um, quickly I had that already full with ideas, mock draft, we're going to do an expert mock draft, um, are obviously going to do that event with the, uh, the, the big names. And then all of a sudden I had like five or six people say, well, I I want to present my idea. And I go, Mm -mm. I don't have any more room on the stage. So, I called the hotel and I said, "Hey, I said, what can I do?" And they said, "Oh, well, we have these like smaller conference rooms right down the hallway from the main lobby." I said, "Okay, so like if I could, I could you know rent one of those and have breakout sessions for people to do these?" She's like, "Yeah, that's fine." Okay, so I emailed the people back and I said, "Look, I, I can't put you on the main stage, but you, you can have your own room. You, there'll be a, you know a screen so you can do presentations and slideshows and videos and whatever you want to do." And, you know, it's only like a hundred bucks for a half hour, and all of them signed up. And so we're starting to fill up things called breakout sessions.